Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here. It's Thursday. You know what that means here at Fightful.com. I am here with the man now known as the shit-eating wild man of professional wrestling, Matt Riddle. Where did I get the shit-eating wild man of professional wrestling? Oh, you're a wild man, aren't you? I am a wild man. I don't know that you eat shit, but it fits. (laughs) It fits, okay. It fits. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll let, I'll let it slide for now. I'm not going to hit you with the how was your week bullshit this week, Matt. Oh, okay. I'm not. Uh, I'm looking you straight in the eye, and I'm going to ask you something. Has TNA Wrestling contacted you? No. They haven't? They, not that I had uh, no. Oh, you know what? They haven't contacted me directly because they don't have my contact information. But they've contacted people to get a hold of me. I've been so busy, though, I haven't even got back to that yet. But I don't want to mention names of said contacts. But one of my uh, former coaches and ECW alumni at the Monster Factory, you know, told me uh, somebody wanted my information. And uh, I've just been so busy, I haven't been able to get back to him yet. So, no, nobody's contacted me, but people have contacted other people to get in contact with me. You may not know this, Matt, but a TNA agent works for us here at Fightful.com and Shane Helms. So, information. Now, here's what I want to ask. Mm-hmm. Are they legally allowed to contact you due to your Evolve status? I don't know what the legalities are with TNA are. I know Ring of Honor is a big Mm -hmm. no-no. But I know WWE is okay. I know we do do work with Drew Galloway and EC3 and other people that were under contracts with TNA. So I really don't know what the grounds are on that are i mean i know i wouldn't talk to them without you know talking with evolve and wwn first you know sure so yeah what are your feelings about 
possibly hitting up TNA. They they've had some losses lately, which we will we will talk about shortly. But they got tapings this week. There's a lot of names coming back. Bruce Pritchard, who has found like newfound fame due to the, his, this podcast of his just blowing up all over the world. And they're kind of hitching their wagon to that. They've got Jeff Jarrett back, Dutch Mantel back, Scott Demore, who used to do work with them. He's back. Um, I've heard rumors that uh, who? What's the name of the big dude you worked at the Monster Factory one time? Real big dude. Luis or no? Uh, real Falbala or whatever the hell. Oh, his name is. Falabala. Yeah, I've heard he might be coming in. Okay. I've heard that. I don't know for sure. But I've heard that. What are your thoughts about uh, TNA this day and age? You know, I think it, it's good. I think uh, I think what they're doing is, and I don't mean this in any bad way. I think they're removing a lot of the, you know, a lot of the cost. Yeah. You know, and uh, and I think at this time and age of professional wrestling, I think sometimes it's better to not necessarily cut everything, but cut some of it and start fresh, you know, because I think, you know, there's a lot of up and coming talent. Well, let's talk about that, that uh, cutting of the cost. They, well, they didn't cut these people. They just didn't didn't resign them, come to terms with them. One of them is your boy, Drew Galloway. I know. Speaking of your boy. Look look at this. Look at this beauty. Look at this beauty. Look at this thing. Look at that. Your boy. Is that real? Is that real? That's real. real. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, bro. How many? You don't have a your boy shirt. You don't have one. Pitching your catchphrase, do you? How many sales do you have to warrant? Try to warrant the pro wrestling tees. Try a million sales. Dude, if you had a million sales, you wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. Yeah, would I be shilling my shirts even more? I would put a bunch more ads. I'll tell you this. You have to have reached a certain limit before they'll even give you more than four designs. We are well past that. Oh, hey. You're making money for the company. I am. I am. But anyway, beyond beyond my shirt pitch there – uh, Drew Galloway's one they didn't re-sign. And he said a lot of it had to do with how late they came with negotiations. Apparently they were sorting shit out in the office so much that they didn't negotiate with he, Rebby Hardy, Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy until like the last week. And that pissed a lot of them off apparently. Is that something that you want to involve yourself in? Like, I mean, this well- – well, no. It, I mean, to me, that's perfect. It makes perfect sense. Why would you, you know, what happens if you re-sign this guy to a deal and then he, like, does something fucked up, you know? You know, he might what, what, what are they going to do fucked up? What do you mean? Like, what are they going to do? They were trying to sign Matt Hardy last year. He just didn't do it. Yeah. From what I was, from what I was told, they had verbally agreed on a certain deal. Then they brought at the last minute a completely different deal to him. That'll happen. Companies do that. I don't like it. I, th- I think there's more to this than you're telling me, Matt. What do you mean with this TNA stuff? 
I haven't I haven't heard Look at me in the face, Matt. I got the I got the light on you. I see you. I'm looking right into Have you spoken to TNA Wrestling? I have not. The last time I spoke to TNA Wrestling was the Smash and Pumpkins, dude. Billy Corbin, right? Corgan. Corgan. Have you shared a meal with Jeff Jarrett? No, no. I'm literally about to fly to Germany in like literally like a couple hours. Have you been gifted one of these laser engraved guitars? No, you're the you're the only guy with the laser guitar on the show. I am not the only one. Those things are sounding like crazy. Right after I bought it, they had Jeff come in and sign a bunch of them. And after I bought that one for thirty bucks, they're now selling for oh, like one hundred and eighty. Stop it! Stop yeah. it! There's a yeah. stop. They're trying to sell them for one hundred and eighty bucks now. Can you believe it? I do believe it. I can't believe. They actually sold a guitar, let alone multiple guitars to warrant. They've sold several. Uh, Jeremy Borash told me they used to be one of the top-selling items on the live event circuit. Is the, I, get, I, get, I get a T-shirt, a do-rag, mm-hmm. a bandana, a sweatband. I get that. Do-rag? <laughs> you get a do-rag? What, you watching a fucking Jack Evans match? But, but I do not. I, I don't get the guitar. I don't know how you could pick Sell guitar. That's crazy. Well, I'll, I'll say this. I sure as hell bought that one sarcastically. Who are you talking to? Is that TNA chirping you on the phone right there? Just offering me all sorts of deals. And I'm just Is that like, what that was? Damn. Yeah. Damn, we just have to think about it. No. <laughs> Is that what you're saying in the middle of the show? Okay. I, are you going to be gifted one of those over your skull when Jeff Jarrett just comes in there and cracks you and he's like my world my world is that what's gonna happen if that's what he likes to do from time to time it's a possibility i mean i i highly doubt it i think i would just hit like a you know i'd probably just duck under and hit him with a snap snap german and then probably like kick him and knee him in the face or something before you have these conversations you better go back watch royal rumble 1996 poor old ahmed johnson took a guitar to the dome I believe it. Ahmed Johnson was the butt of a lot of jokes. You know, he was a world-class athlete, stallion, and uh, and had a sweet move set, but always Dangerous. always seemed to uh, get hurt and get he, beat up. By he did an interview a couple of years ago, and I was I was a big Ahmed Johnson fan as a kid. I mean, you remember him? He picked up Yokozuna and slammed him and all that stuff. He revealed he was actually like five or six years older than what he told WWE. And he was like, everybody thought I was 25, 26 getting hurt. No, I was like 31, 32 already. So he straight up, he pulled a Matt Riddle. He well, lied his way I, into a job. I didn't, I didn't lie about five years. <laughs> I lied about a couple. I lied about one fight. That's true. Well, and, and at that point of and that point of MMA, where MMA was at that time, you could fight. Your first MMA fight could very well be pro. That's true. That's very at true. At that time, there wasn't really an am- amateur circuit. It was like all like it was like kind of mixed up. That's something I'll I'll actually ask you about that later. I'm not done talking about TNA. I want to stretch this shit out. Stretch so, Matt out. Jeff Hardy. It, TNA says they want to go back on the road. Now, here, here's the thing that got me. They used to do these tapings 
mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you know I would have to schedule these shows with Shane around these tapings. We're not doing a show this week because he's in Orlando. And they used to be like eight, nine days long. Like they would tape nine straight days. They did that to save cost. What the new company that owns TNA has done is they're doing more tapings, less days. Keep the, the guys from burning out so much, but they also got to spend more money to bring them in. So that surprises me that so many people have been released. We've seen Jade go, Maria, Mike Bennett, Drew Galloway, EC3, or not EC3, I'm stupid. Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Rebby Hardy, even little Maxel Hardy. He's gone. He had a contract? No, but... He's a package deal. He's a package deal. Yeah. yeah I see that. Kind of like, what? what's your dog's name? Duke or Chief or whatever its name was? Dutch. Dutch, there you go. Sorry. Didn't mean to disrespect the doge. D- but d- Disrespect the dog that I can't get back. That's <laughs> yeah. really appropriate. <laughs> I apologize. I mean, if, if they were to go out on the road, Matt and Jeff Hardy are proven road draws. Like, no disrespect to Mike Bennett and Maria at all. But if you pull up into Lexington, Kentucky, you're not going to fill up uh, the baseball stadiums that they're working, the, the minor league baseball stadiums they're working on a Mike Bennett Maria. But people will come and see Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy. They know them. You think it's a good idea for them to let somebody like that go, especially Matt Hardy with all the buzz he's gotten them? Yeah, Matt, the Hardys are probably one of their most valuable assets. But then again, if they're trying to, you know, restructure and, you know, redo everything, then uh, maybe there isn't room for the Hardys, you know? You know, it depends on which direction they're taking the company, you know? Like, well, they, they want just, the Hardys. They want the Hardys, but they, they just brought the contract too late. Apparently, they wanted Galloway, too, but they just brought the contract too late. Yeah, and I would imagine so. That's why I was really shocked. I didn't know if it was, you know, well, now I know it's because they brought the contract too late, but I wasn't sure if it was money or just whatever. But, uh, yeah, those are, those are like, if I was TNA, those are a couple assets I wouldn't have lost, you know? I figured they're the, probably the most expensive assets of the company, but yeah. at the same time, it's they're probably they're they're worth it, you know. I think I know why you don't care if Drew Galloway has a job or not. You know, you're facing Drew Galloway eventually, and you don't want him to get paid. You don't want him to be nourished. You want him to have food off of his table. That way, he's a weak little kitten when you get him in the ring. Well, I already beat him this past weekend. Aren't you facing him again? I think I am at WrestleMania. To grudge you mean at WrestleMania weekend, not physically at WrestleMania, unless there's something else you want to tell us. You'd never know. Me and Galloway are coming back. We're coming back to the E with our feud. It's so hot on the Indies, they're just bringing it. So my inbox has been crazy because people think that I know everything that goes on in your life. I assure you I don't. I didn't find out he was a shit-eating wild man until this week. So There's no facts. There's no bad. So one thing that somebody brought up to me is if TNA made him an offer, WWE would probably step up and be like, no, 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 we want you now. Is that something you would anticipate? What, if TNA offered me something, WWE would step up? Yeah, because that, that, that's how they are. Maybe, you know, I, I don't think so, though. And, and, this, tr- and this is the thing. Even if TNA were to offer me something, were 
they would really have to pitch something pretty sweet. And I don't even mean financially, but I mean storyline-wise. Like, I'm not just trying to go there and wrestle, like, 10 minutes there and there and there and there and, like, not be really part of something and just have good matches. That's not what I do, you know? So, like, then that's my thing with going to any company, you know, anywhere. It's like, not that I don't mind – paying my dues or working my way up the ladder that's that's what you do when you get somewhere but at the same time you know i want there to be you know a conclusion and and uh, you know i want to see where it's going you know well i mean I, I can say that i know that to be true because when we were in early contract negotiations for this one of the things you wanted to make sure of was there there was an end date on the contract like that you like to see finality to things and, and i can respect that now the way that tna's been doing stuff they, they've lost a lot of people i don't think losing mike bennett and maria is gonna hurt losing jade for them sucks because their women's division isn't that deep right now and wwe mm-hmm. will probably snatch her up real quick that'd be good though she she lives down in florida she, and uh, i think I, and jade's really good i think she'd be good for the women's division yeah she is uh I, are you able to call a woman a stallion? Does that work? A stallion ass. A stallion. She's a stallion ass. Stallion she ass. She's a specimen. She's good. Um, she's good for sure. TNA's done stuff a lot different lately. I think they've realized they had to to survive. Like I mentioned, I mentioned the Bruce Pritchard thing. His podcast has blown up in popularity. Not like one of the best, biggest in wrestling. One of the biggest in the world. They bring. They're bringing him back as an on-screen character. They're hitching their wagon to him. Josh Barnett, a guy who is suspended right now by the U- – or about to be suspended by the UFC for USADA violation, is on there wrestling Bobby Lashley for their world title. They're not opposed to doing things differently, apparently. By the way, uh, what, what do you think of Josh Barnett doing some pro wrestling in TNA? You know, all for Josh Barnett. Get get at it, brother. <laughs> you know, get get at it. Uh, I like Josh Barnett. I've only met him a handful of times, uh, probably twice. Uh, nice yeah. guy. You know, I actually think the one time I met him was maybe at PWG, and then uh-huh. the other time was at another indie show that Shayna Brazler was on in L.A., Oh, nice. So that, that's where I saw him uh, two times. Nice. Always guy. been fond. Always been fond of him. He's a Billy Robinson dude as he's, well. My, he's a baby-faced assassin. Is what he is. He's the war master now. Come on. He's the war master. Yeah, I like the baby-faced assassin. I mean, he is an old. He is a. I was gonna say it doesn't work when you're forty. Yeah. Is he only forty? He's he's up there. He's near forty. He's like 38, 39, yeah, okay. I think. Yeah. No, he, well, he's been fighting in the UFC since I was a kid, so. 39. My catch coaches uh, went out there and trained with him last year. They said it was a uh, very good experience. Now, beyond this TNA talk, I have to congratulate you, Matthew. Oh, do you? You won a shit ton of awards from the Wrestling Observer newsletter. I know. I saw. Nick- yeah. This is interesting. We're going to go through these. Uh, Wrestling Observer. Uh, of course, run by Dave Meltzer, had votings, and they, they run awards, and, and they were a little behind this year. But uh, some people are a little confused, Matt, because somehow you have won 
rookie of the year, and most improved in the same year. Hey, I, I, you know, if if you look at the year from start to finish, I would say I did improve light years, and uh, and I'd also say you know it was like my first like year on like the big you know indie scene, you know. So, I mean, it does make sense. So let's <laughs> talk sense. about this. Rookie of the year, you come over from the UFC. And as I mentioned last week, I remember when you made that transition, there weren't a ton of people that were like, yeah, Matt Riddle, he's going to blow up. He's going to be the biggest thing. You didn't hear a lot of that right off the bat. I'm sure you heard it from some people. but uh, not, not really, you know, because the thing is, like, I'm a good fighter. I'm a good grappler. I was always well-rounded. I was just making my way up the UFC ranks when I was released. And – so I really didn't have that much steam. I mean, usually when I do something, because I did fight in the UFC and I do have a background, I get some publicity. But it well, it's not usually positive. You know, people are usually like, yeah. F this guy, especially from the MMA community. Well, yeah, you had the, the spat with Dana. And people, if you have any interaction with Dana publicly, Dana White, you're either going to get a ton of love or a ton of hate. That's That's just how it is. It's going to be one or the other. But it wasn't just the rookie of the year and the most improved. You got ninth place in the world in most outstanding wrestler. Oh, hey, I didn't know that. Oh, I'm going to run through a bunch of these. Ninth, you got above Kushida, who is one of my favorite workers of all time. You got more than Ricochet, Zack Sabre. You got more than virtually everybody in the WWE except for AJ Styles and now Chris Hero. Well, Chris Hero and AJ Styles are stallions. That's true. That's true. Uh, you got most improved. You you won by six votes over The Miz, who actually is incredibly and, improved. And The Miz improves every day. Yep. The Miz improved to the level where they're like, you know what? Let's put you and your wife in a match with John Cena at WrestleMania. So, hey. Is that happening again? Yeah. It's going to be Nikki Bella and John I Cena. I haven't, been, I haven't been watching the product. It's been a while. Hey, that's why we're talking about you instead. Here's a good one. <laughs> you got 11th place, which is an honorable mention, for most charismatic. Ooh. Ooh, that's a good one. You see, like that—that—that that, that means something. I've been trying. I know I'm not Nakamura, but I've been working at it. Because Nakamura I, got. Go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No. What place did he get? Nakamura got second behind Conor McGregor because this does include MMA fighters as well. Oh, hey, Conor McGregor is very charismatic. Nakamura, yeah. I'll be honest, I saw the guy live <laughs> at NXT Takeover, and the guy is a showman. He, he is. He just walked out there, like twisted his wrist a little bit, and like <laughs> fell backwards. All his tore ACL, and people went crazy. I'm not big on on like having to see a lot of live events, but I like to have like seen at least somebody perform live once in my life. Like I was, I was really happy I got to see you perform live. I've seen Nakamura live, though. That, those are cool experiences. Uh, what is a cool experience also is that you beat Bill Goldberg in the most 
charismatic category. Yes. Is that the only category I beat Bill in, or did I beat? No, him you in beat him in like every every well every possible category that you probably could have. You know, except for like biggest box office draw and things like that. Damn he it! Pay per views. He does sell pay per views. See, I can't argue that. You just can't argue. Like, can the guy wrestle? No. Yeah. Can he well, kind of get promo? Not at all. I do this raw review and people get mad at me. They're like, can 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 he sell a ticket every yeah. single day? Like if he did a live show every day of the week and ran across the country, he would sell out buildings every yeah. day. People get pissy with me. I do this raw review and I'll be like, well, Goldberg's promo absolutely sucked, but the crowd was going crazy for it. So what's wrong about it? I mean, if the crowd's going crazy about it and he's putting asses in seats, what he did wasn't really wrong. Some people can do whatever they want. It doesn't make sense. Some people. Yeah. You beat Chris Jericho in this category by 13 votes. Most charismatic. That's, that's impressive. Chris Jericho is a really charismatic guy. You know what yes. You know what it did him in this year probably was father time. I think, you know, like eventually you get to a certain point where it's like, bro, you're cool, but. I don't know. He's. I think he's more over now than he's been in a decade with the list. He, I'm not saying he's not over. He's got the list yeah. and stuff, but you know, getting up. Also, there. you you beat Enzo Amore, who I think burned Whoa, out. Oh, I don't know if I beat Enzo Amore. That guy <laughs> in the voting you did. Okay, okay. In the voting you did. You also got sixth place in the Brian Danielson Award. Which is the Daniel Bryan Award, most or which is best technical wrestler. Whoa. You were behind Zack Saber Jr., Kyle O'Reilly, Kushida, Jack Gallagher, and Marty Skrull. You beat Drew Gulak, Chris Hero, AJ Styles, Shibata, Fred Yehai, TJ Perkins, Timothy Thatcher, Gresham, Cesaro, Nagata, Roderick Strong, Okada. You beat a lot of interesting names there. Those are some good names. Some good names to be. <laughs> some, some good, good, na- some good names to be amongst. Uh, let's just say, are there any names that aren't good to beat? They're all good to beat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's also names that you don't mind losing to. The names ahead of me, I don't mind, you know, being. Like Sean Ross Sapp. Yeah. Your boy. I don't think, I don't think your, boy, your boy was on the list. He was. He was. They, I think they, it was a, a typo from Meltzer. I think it was a typo. Speaking of guys, if you want a Matt Riddle shirt, don't know why you'd want one of those, but kingofbros.com, the place to get them. If you buy one, Matt will let you beat him in a pro wrestling match. We've cleared that. that that's a thing. Probably not. Maybe. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> but, you know, you if you want a shirt, you do have to go kingofbros.com, especially if you're in the States. I will be in Germany and England and all over Europe for the next two weeks. So, awesome. uh, so the next podcast will be done from Europe somewhere. Hopefully. Ooh, yes. I'm gonna do like a highlight video of all of the different places you've podcasted from. You know, I'm I'm hoping I can get something with like a sick like Verizon cell phone with a good hotspot, and then we can yeah. go like somewhere in like a field in Germany and be <laughs> like. Field. Uh, here, here are some of the other names in the Rookie of the Year category. Leo Rush, Fred Yehai, Shayna Baszler, another UFC, uh, former UFC fighter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Daria, okay, here's another interesting one. Daria Baranato, who wasn't from the UFC but is running an MMA gimmick, she got the most votes of anybody in the WWE. She was off of Tough Enough. Would you have ever went through Tough Enough to get to WWE? No. Apparently they wanted Moose to do it, and could you imagine how Moose would have dominated that thing? Yeah, well, th- this is this is the thing with... Uh... This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Pro wrestling and WWE and all that. It, like, that's a, that's a reality show, and the WWE likes to make characters. So to do, like, a reality show where you're a character and you're a real person and you're being filmed in both and I think it's a little much before you even really establish who you are, you know, in the ring. Yeah. And I think that's why it, like, really never works out for the people. And they have, like, they usually change their name. If they do go to the E, they change their name, like, once or twice, right? Am I wrong? Well, you told me when I interviewed you ahead of the Titan fight years ago, you said, yeah, I'd be interested in pro wrestling, but I'd want to do it as somebody completely different than Matt Riddle. What changed your mind to that? You know... I still did when I first got to pro wrestling. I wanted to be a different character, you know, just so I could act out a little bit more. But it just, the style of wrestling I wanted to do, it it just didn't make sense for me to be a different character. You know, like if I'm trying to do more of a, especially with like Evolve or something, if I'm trying to do more of a sport style Mm -hmm. of wrestling, why would I like change my name to like Classy Trash or like... (laughs) Something, something like that, you know, is, you know, but at the same time, it's like, I have ideas. I've had ideas. It's just, uh, and, and they would have been fun, but I think, and they, I'm not saying they wouldn't have got over They, you know, maybe one day I do that, you know, but I think just me being me works way better than anything. And me being me sells more than anything, you know? I would say you kind of act, or not you kind of, you act out compared to how you act normally. I mean, you're not running around going, bro, bro, all day. That is you acting out. You are turning yeah, up the volume. Yeah, well, you, you are in front of a live audience in yeah. front of cameras, and it's your time to be a big kid and have a blast. So, sure. yeah, yeah, when I... You know, like when I'm like, everybody's always like, oh, you're so chill behind the curtain. You're always just relaxed. But like when I go out there, you know, I'm there to have fun. I'm, I'm there to have fun the whole time. But, you know, there's a time and a place where you can really act out and be yourself and time where you got to be a little more conservative, you know. You're still young in your career, but do you ever give other people advice on like their career or their, not their career direction but their character direction you know people ask me advice all the time people have been wrestling longer than me ask me advice and i most of the time i don't know what to say and anybody that is you know like you know like if anything i'm like i don't know it's like the only thing i can say there's no wrong answer you know as long as it looks good feels good you can do it smooth and 
it feels right, you know, I think it's right. But, like, you know, you always get that first, you know, just be yourself, just turn it up, and that's kind of hard to understand until it clicks and then you're yourself yeah. just turned up, you know. Now, I wanted to ask you this. We talked about how you got into the UFC earlier before I talk a little UFC 209. What is your opinion on amateur MMA? Because there are a lot of people who feel like it shouldn't be around. There are a lot of people who feel like it is necessary. It is essentially promoters who don't have to pay fighters. And if they're lucky, they make money off the fighters. But they are also typically, like when I say low-skilled, I mean like you can't comprehend the difference of a Matt Riddle and one of these guys. I've called amateur fights. I've called hundreds of amateur fights, and usually the situation is they end in about 10 seconds or they go the full three rounds. That's just how they are because of the talent discrepancy. What is your opinion on amateur MMA? Think there should be another way? Like, like I know it's it's hard to answer and like with answer. the popularity of mixed martial arts picking up, more and more people want to fight, even if they don't want to be a professional, they want to test themselves, you know? Yeah. So more and more people are getting in there and fighting. And the thing is, it's really hard to tell who's a who's a killer and who's not, and how to match it up. Because I remember my first fight, and the guy I went out there, he was a little older than me, not by much. He was still in his twenties. Big black guy, looked strong. You know, had like a background in a couple different martial arts, had a jujitsu background, all that. I went out there and I beat the shit out of him like i beat him within an inch of his life and then with like 10 seconds left i key locked him and ripped his shoulder out of socket so it's like and if you looked at both of us i looked like i was 18 years old like a preppy kid with like from pennsylvania whatever and this guy had tattoos looked like a mean dude and it didn't, you know, like if you saw that fight and with the background, you'd be like, oh, this guy's a wrestler. You'll probably try to take him down and get yeah. beat up maybe or this or that will happen. And I just beat the crap out of him and submitted him because I had the background and experience, you know. And then, I, and then just fought in the UFC. Well, if I think anybody else went from that and then fought to the UFC, it could be a very poor experience. What know? about a CM Punk? Perfect example, you know, not everybody. And he seen, I think his problem was he didn't even have one amateur fight. And his opponent was on his fifth overall, I think, between amateur and pro. Yeah. And he trained for eight years. Well, yeah, the big thing is if you get to the UFC, you're usually pretty good, even if you're 5-0 and or whatever your record is. So you're pretty talented. And he was coming off a win in the UFC as well. So – but then again, you didn't. You, they didn't want to give you a CM Punk like a chump, you know. And I think it was why also, would they? yeah. Why would they? And I think it was also a way to like kind of make maybe professional wrestling look bad. Sure, I, I always thought that. I think that they knew exactly what they were getting into, putting him up against the brown belt in jujitsu, and they they should have. Why not? Are you gonna? I mentioned hitch the wagon. You're gonna hitch your wagon to a 37 year old ex WWE guy who might fight once. And and I, think, gonna... and I think it would have been a little different, perhaps. CM Punk was ready to fight sooner. Yeah, but he like he's like was ready to go, and then like took like what two years to fight. Yeah, almost two years. And that's another thing. Like this uh, isn't a guy it, who just sat until, around. 
it took until I was over until he fought. <laughs> I mean, he isn't just a guy off the streets. He did train at Rufus Sport for a year and a half, and that is a great school. But, man, not, not at the level that he ain't Mickey Gall's level. And, hey, Mickey Gall worked out. He immediately called out Sage Northcutt, beat Sage Northcutt. That's an, that was an easy fight for him. That's just money. Oh, of course. Did you see? <laughs> it was actually hilarious. You know, Sage Northcutt is like pure as the whitest snow, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's been training with Tyron Woodley ahead of UFC 209 because Tyron Woodley wants somebody who can emulate Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's style. Perfect, yeah. So there's this video of Tyron Woodley, and he's seasoning chicken. And Sage Northcutt's like, whoa, man, what are you doing? What is that? What are you doing, man? Tyron's like, seasoning this chicken. Why? He's like, I, I've never had seasoned chicken before. Is that okay, Mr. Woodley? <laughs> and then Wood- yeah, and Woodley flips it over, and he's like, now, now listen, calm down. This might freak you out, but I'm going to season the other side of the chicken. <laughs> and I guess in an interview later, Woodley said that that boy has only eaten three M&Ms in his whole life and was scared to death. He did enjoy the seasoned chicken, though. What do you make? You think it's an act? Do you think it's an act or do you think it's legit? I don't know. He's from Texas, right? I don't know where the hell he's from. He's from Texas, I'm pretty sure. Some Texas karate kid. Katie, Texas. Yeah, some Texas karate kid. Probably into nothing against Texas, but you know, probably really religious too. Nothing against religious people. You know, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, he's probably just. Not, you know, he's very strict and worries about stuff a lot, you know. And so he turned he, 21 yesterday. You think he's getting liquored up? I doubt it. If he's worried about three M&Ms and he's training with Tyrone Woodley, probably not. Speaking of Tyrone Woodley, oh, by the way, to your, to your point about the amateur thing, I can't count the number of times I've, like, I'll sit at the, the announcer's table ringside. I'll look in the cage, and as they're getting their name called, you see, like, they're ready to shit their pants. They're like, this is happening. Yeah. This is what I'm getting into. It's a real-life it's a real life moment. That's why, like, I don't care who you are. Like, it, it's got to – it messes with you a little bit. Yeah. I always, th- I always thought it was fun, though. I'd always think to myself, like, you know, worst thing that happens is I get knocked out in 10 seconds or – I saw you laugh after you got taken down once in your last fight. Yeah, well, that's because I never expected him to take yeah. me down. Then, you know, that happened. He was a judo guy. Speaking of judo guys, I'll transition here. UFC 209. I'm not sure if you know who the hell Dan Kelly is. He's an Australian sensation, 39 Ooh. years old. Ooh. 39 years old, and he's 5-1. and one. He is taking on Rashad Evans, who is making his middleweight debut. Now, I don't give a damn if I ever see Rashad Evans fight again because his fights are boring as shit. But what do you think of Rashad Evans trying to stretch out that career at 185? He's 37 years old. He he wasn't medically cleared twice ahead of this fight. He's lost two fights in a row. Why wasn't he he medically cleared? He didn't disclose it. But he had to... uh, Go undergo additional screening with a neurologist to prove he was healthy enough to fight. But uh, he hasn't won since 2013. He's only won two fights in the last five years. 
And the only two people he's beaten are Dan Henderson, Chael Sonnen in those five years. Only people he's beaten. Those are two pretty stellar names. Two pretty stellar names that were about 57 years old when he beat them. Still pretty good. That's true. A Dan Henderson like if and I beat Sonnen Dan were, Henderson right now in my prime, I would still gloat. Oh, of course. Of course. So, it's like, so Rashad's, to, Rashad's legit for sure. To your point, yeah, he's legit. To your point, they were also on TRT as well. Yeah. Uh, Both I, I, I will say this. Stretching it out at 185, that's a risky move. Then again, maybe he's lost size over time just doing MMA training. And it's easier for him to use lift less weight and push, you know, and go for speed. Uh, the one thing is, one of the things that made Rashad so effective at heavyweight when he was on the Ultimate Fighter and light heavyweight in the UFC was his speed. Uh, I don't think he's going to have the same speed at this age, at this weight. He's not going to have the same speed advantage. Then again, the guy he's going against is a judo guy, you know. But... Four-ounce gloves, guy can't get cleared for fights, probably because he's been knocked out or punched a couple times. So, you know, it's a it's a risky thing. I don't know. You, you know me, man. Like, hang it up early. Hang it. <laughs> hey, I mean, not everybody has that same option, Matt. Not everybody well, can I step didn't, in ha- wrestling. I didn't, the- I, I didn't have that option. It was just... I went this route. Fighting just wasn't working out. And I, if I, and if fighting was working out, I'd still be fighting, probably for like another couple of years. But I'd be done at 35 because I think after fighting after 35, that's just un, unhealthy, especially if you've been fighting since you're 22, you know? Now I'll say this. I think what you did will cause more people to do that. But I think Look that- at Tom Waller. He throws a pretty nice German suplex. I'll give him that. Dude, but, he's, uh, a, he's a stallion. I think I yeah. might eventually meet up against him one of these days. Yeah, he throws one hell of a German suplex. I saw it. But I think that also what will happen is a lot of these people will think, Matt Riddle did it. I can do it. And then they'll realize it's real fucking hard. Yeah, wrestling's one of those things you really got to want it. And and you gotta have like a good name in MMA. Like now that mine was crystal clear, but uh, it but was a little hazy. Would you say you might say that <laughs> a little smoky? But but I was on like a four fight win streak in the UFC, and then like another win outside the UFC. So you know, with that said, you know, hasn't lost a fight since forever ago. Yeah. We got a hell of a fight to talk about. Alistair Overeem and Mark Mark Hunt. These two guys are just going to punch each other in the face repeatedly. I hope Overeem wins a split decision, then test positive for steroids. And Mark Hunt Hunt just loses his mind. (laughs) Oh, my God. If that happens. Dude, Mark Hunt's going to stab somebody. (laughs) if, if If that happens, I have to get Jimmy Van to get Mark Hunt for a weekly podcast. Just to hear him go off in an, in the, dude, the accent. Dude, I feel bad for him. He just fights guys that do steroids and they, nobody cares. And I'm so here's, like, so, bad for him. so here's the thing. I don't get what he wants out of life. I don't understand what he wants. Obviously, he wants to fight people who aren't on fucking steroids. That's, he, that's he wants to fight in a clean environment. But here's what he says. He says, before the Lesnar fight, 
I don't give a fuck. I know he's juicing. Well, then he gets the shit beat out of him. Mm-hmm. Lesnar tests positives, and all of a sudden he does care. Understandable. Hey, you know, sometimes you can take a step back on that. But here's the thing, Matt. Then USADA comes to test him, and he's mad about it. He's mad. So either you want people tested or you don't. Well, did, did he take the test and pass? He took the test and passed, of course. But he bitched about it a lot. He was like, fuck these guys. Why are they here testing me? Yeah, I, well, I think I think it's because, well, they had to test you. You're like, the you know, nobody would suspect you, so they had to test you. Of course. And I guess they test everybody, and they make it awkward for everybody. Like, I'm actually, I'll be honest, I'm really glad I'm not in the UFC <laughs> because I'd be like, guys. Again, they climbed up. They climbed up Elias Theodorou's fire escape of an apartment he was at to get in. I, I don't know if it was a door or a window to be like, "Time for your drug test." And Elias told us while they did that, he was wearing a free Nick Diaz shirt. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. That's, but you see, I don't know why they go at such great lengths and extremes. You know, it's just like just wait for him to leave his apartment. Call him. You have his cell. You have his email. You know, just wait. It's like I don't know why. Like, what do you think he's gonna do in there, Matt? It took me three texts to get you to answer me about what time this damn podcast was gonna start. You think that I, people I are gonna avoid busy. a drug test? I was driving and I was at work. Now, if you showed up to where I was working. And if I texted show, me. If I showed up to where you were working, I, I would hope that you, there would be larger concerns. But also, here's the Mark Hunt thing. He says, I want out of my UFC contract. I don't want to fight here anymore if that's how it is. Where the fuck's he going to fight and not face people on steroids? Yeah. He's gonna go, is he going to go to Japan and expect to fight people not on steroids? Because Mirko Krokop's just waiting over there, juiced to the gills. Winning K one tournaments and rising open weight tournaments. He looks good. I know everybody's probably looking at him and being like, "We need to go back, fuck America." <laughs> Cop is something like fifteen and two in combat and combat sports outside of the UFC since he since his like first firing. So that tells you what that type of stuff does for you. Because well. I've trained with multiple people on HGH and testosterone and all that jazz, and let me tell you, it makes a huge difference. For some people, some people it just like makes them stronger and more aggressive, and it doesn't really help. Other pe- The people with the technique, like when you get a Vitor Belfort or somebody on T, that's dangerous yeah. because that guy is a pre- he's, he's precise. And then when he's got the right sauce, it's dangerous. Also, Lando Venata faces David Teamer. I don't expect you to know either one of those guys. I don't. But I look Lando, Lando is a hell of a fighter. He almost put down Tony Ferguson on short notice last year. But Holy shit. Almost. Tony Ferguson fighting Khabib Nurmagomedov. That's a hell of a fight. That Khabib guy is pretty dangerous. 21 takedowns in one fight he landed. The guy is, the guy is good. You're gonna have to catch him on the chin and hurt him, and he'll rest bears and, and he, child. And he still probably won't be scared. He'll still probably take you down and hurt you. So, I love his trash talk, Matt. He's it's good. Great. He's good. He brings He's, it. Brings it to all elements. Did you see what he did during the Michael Johnson fight? Yeah, my my, oh. my cousin showed me. Well, one, he was telling Michael Johnson, "Give up, 
you know I have to fight for this title as he's pummeling him into the mat. Then in between rounds, he tells Dana White, I'm going to fuck up your son, Connor. You said that was some ferocity to me. Yeah. I mean, that's... He said it a little more polite. He's like, I'm going to fuck up your son. Connor. My favorite was my favorite was after the fight, whenever he's doing the media scrum and he's talking to everybody. And they're they're talking about Conor McGregor not fighting him. He goes, This is number one bullshit. That's that's an excellent one. How do you think that one will go, Khabib? Well, Khabib, yeah, Khabib's got that. I don't I don't see it going the other way. As we wrap it up, we got Woodley, Stephen Thompson, the rematch. I think Woodley's got a lot more that he can improve on here, uh, but this is this is a hell of a rematch. It's not going to sell a bunch of pay per views, probably, but it's it's a hell of a rematch. Tyron Woodley wanted to fight Michael Bisping. He wanted to fight Nick Diaz. He wanted to fight GSP. He wanted that big payday. Uh, he got Stephen Thompson for the second time. This this is what's got this is what's got to happen. Steven Thompson's got to use his range, use his striking, use the cage to keep him up, keep himself on his feet. That's what he's got to do. Tyler Woodley needs to use his range and time the penetration shot or time the shot or clinch when he comes in for the strikes, you know, which is just as easy. You guys both have to play that range game. It's a little hard with Steven Thompson, but it's just what you got to do. And you got to play it right and close and come in and, it, you know, it's tricky, but it's not that bad, you know. And once he gets on top, Tyrone's got to make sure he just doesn't hold. Like, yeah. Thompson's good enough where he'll get up to his feet if you just try to hold his legs or hold his body. You got to pass his guard when he tries to stand up, take his back, throw your hooks and return him to the mat. Maybe, you know, throw a couple uppercuts, get him against the cage, clinch again, you know. You, you know, you got a guy like Steven Thompson, you got to make it a fight. You know, yeah. if you don't make it a fight, it's it's going to be him standing on the outside, picking his shots, doing all this spinning shit, you know? And, that's, and, and those are facts. That's he's fact. only lost one time in his career, but I had a conversation with a guy that actually Who? you and uh, Wonder Boy. He lost to Matt Brown. Yeah. Matt Brown and he probably – And Matt Brown beat the shit out of him. Yes. And all he did and was take him down and be aggressive and made it a fight. That's all you had to yeah. do, make it a fight. Now, that was, that was five years ago, so things have changed. But, I mean, there was stuff I actually spoke to Chris Clements about once, who you fought. And he was telling me about some of the things that he had done to scout Wonder Boy when they fought. And as I watched that Woodley fight, a lot of those same things were still happening. So that and, and here's my big now, question. Now, when did Chris Clemens fight Stephen Thompson? September 2013. Once it was UFC 165, the uh, Jones Gustafson card. So it was after I fought Clemens. Yes. Oh, did he get his ass whooped? He lost second round KO. I think he landed uh, a nice sweep. The reason why I wanted to talk to him. Uh, you could see Thompson uh, leading. And he was, like, almost giving away that he was going to kick. And Clements hit this, like, crazy, like, Mortal Kombat sweet, like, spinning sweep kick that just knocked Thompson off his feet. What I want to know is, at what point do you become the Wonder Man instead of Wonder Boy? Because the son of a bitch is 34 years old. He does look a little old. Yeah. And older, before we go, I didn't realize he was older than me. Yeah. Like he had a long years. kickboxing and karate career. 
Now, uh, before we go, I want to ask you your opinion on GSP. He's back. He's fighting Michael Bisping for the middleweight title later this year. You all, Romero, you got to wait. Sorry, buddy. If I'm UFC, I put Jacare versus Romero 2 mm-hmm. on that undercard. Mm-hmm. Just in case one of them gets hurt. What are your opinions on this? Well, on I don't think GSP should have came back. Really? Because what does he do if he beats Bisping? Does he get the belt and then defend it? And then get his soul taken from him? Eventually? Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, like what does he do then? Uh, so one that's just bad. I think the fight, and, and Bisping used to fight at two hundred five. People yeah, are forgetting that he's yeah, a big dude. Bisping has knockout power, all that, but at the same time, GSP is really good, really strong, and I think I think it's a better fight for uh, GSP than a lot of the other fights. You know, I think you'll be able to take it to the ground, and I think GSP striking matches up well with Bisping. You know. GSP from last time I saw him does have a good chin, you know, but it has been a while since he's been hit in a big time fight in front of a big time crowd. And, you know, then again, I remember watching him fight Carlos Condit at the Bell Center and getting head kicked and fighting back through it. So, you know, the, the guy's the guy's a stud, but you know how I feel, man. You got to leave on top. You got to hang it up sometimes. And he hung it up and now he's coming back and, I think it's a good fight, but I don't know where he's going to go if he wins. And there's still a really good shot. Bisbing whoops his ass or TKOs him or knocks him out because Bisbing's a bigger guy. Bisbing has proven time and time again he beat Anderson Silva. He beat Luke Rockhold. He's the middleweight champion of the world right now and has been. Hasn't he defended it as well? Who, Bisbing? Yeah. Yeah, against Dan Henderson. Almost, he almost lost it too. Thought Dan Henderson defended it. That old guy who's a stallion. Like I said, if I beat Dan Henderson tomorrow, I'd brag about it. If I thought if I had a whole camp and he had twenty four hours notice, I'd still <laughs> brag about it. Guys, if you're watching this, hop over in a few minutes. Check out the uh, stream with Showdown Joe and UFC Hall of Famer Frank Trigg. They're going to break down UFC two hundred nine as well. Matt, before we go, what do you got going on this weekend? Well, this weekend, it, it's a biggie. I'm in, I believe I'm in Germany for the 16-carat tournament. Uh, I don't know which cities in Germany, but I know I'm part of the tournament. Jeff Cobb, Donovan Dijak, Mike Speedball Bailey, uh, Tim Thatcher. Uh, I could go on. There's, there's a lot of stallions in this tournament. A bunch of guys you beat in Wrestling Observer Award votings. Oh, with ease. With ease. <laughs> well, Matt, safe travels. Uh, of course, guys, register at Fightful.com. We'll probably make this open Saturday morning or something. That way you all can get uh, Matt's uh, UFC 209 thoughts. But register for free early access. No Shane Helms show this week. He is in Orlando. What, I'm Shane? Gonna... Huh? What, Shane? No, no Shane Helms podcast this week. Boo. Well, uh, you know, maybe you'll be able to do one with him from Orlando soon because uh, TNA is probably going to ring your phone off the fucking hook. I don't know about that. Until next it. time, guys, we're out. Later. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. 
The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.